Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a deep dive hosted by me, Bobby Pease. Joining me as always, the gamer on the go, Chase Kinnicky, and the gamer turned dad, Johnny Amazich. Tonight, we will be discussing legends. Well, one legend having complex and convoluted backstories and in-universe mythology made all the more complicated by the existence of multiple timelines. Yes, tonight we will unravel the history of Hyrule as we discuss how the Legend of Zelda came to be. All right, I got to go get my Hyrule history. I'll be right back. Yep. Yep, grab your books. Uh, I have it in PDF if you want it. I have mine on the shelf behind me. I have my Zelda encyclopedia downstairs. If you guys want to use that to take notes, (laughs) please. It's the golden cartridge. Gentlemen, turn in your textbooks to page 45 (laughs) where we'll be talking about Deku Seeds. Deku Seeds. Uh, Tingle. So, How many words are dedicated to Tingle? There's an entire section dedicated to Tingle. Yes. Now, if this um, was a rosy rupee land uh, podcast, I'd be totally all about it. So tonight is going to be uh, really more about the timelines that that have been a point of contention for many years uh, in The Legend of Zelda. Chase, you did kind of hit on the head with the Hyrule Historia. That is the, the foundation of this episode. I used that pretty diligently to prepare this. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with that book, it came out in 2011, and it was the companion piece to the 25th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. Uh, it also was at the uh, celebration of Skyward Sword, as that was the big 25th anniversary game for Zelda. So that was the first time that there was ever any explanation of these timelines that had been hinted at for a while. And since that point, isn't Skyward like the origin story, and that's why it, 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 it kind of all worked out that way? Yeah, and there's a ton of Easter eggs in that game, and I'll discuss a few of those tonight as well. But I thought for all intents and purposes, uh, the the agenda, so to speak, is I want to actually read um, a little bit of the the history of how Zelda, the actual game, came to be for Mr. Miyamoto. And then we're going to go into um, a few key points, a few key eras that lead up to the timeline splitting, uh, starting with the Chase's point, Skyward Sword. Um, I'm not going to talk about every game at length. I might do a little bit about where it's at on the timeline and why as we get into that. But Skyward Sword, uh, the Ocarina of Time, those are going to be some big points of contention in our discussions tonight. Johnny. Uh, will you be covering when uh, future Biff gave 1958 Biff a copy of the Sports Almanac? Right. You're, you're not That's too creating. far off for some of these splits that we're talking about. Great. The darkest of timelines. Yeah. Because um, in that timeline, Biff then flooded Hyrule, and mm-hmm. Ganon survived, and that's Correct. really important. Uh, it is. So, at the top of the episode, I wanted to just do a quick pulse check with you two, Chase. Yeah. I know that you are uh, appreciative of Zelda, maybe not so much the games playing them. Uh, I don't think that you've really played a ton of them or completed a lot of them. I think you've I've beaten- played a ton of them. I haven't beat. I've beaten like two or three of them. Okay. Johnny, I know that this yeah. is a series very near and dear to you. I don't know how mm-hmm. familiar either one of you are with the timelines and how they break apart and what that looks like. I mean, I've I've breezed through my Hyrule Historia okay. uh, a little bit, and I've I've done some look some researching on my own because this was <laughs> this was an episode I thought about doing a deep dive on. Yeah, and then I started to get into it, and I was like, "Fuck this! <laughs> Bungie is less complicated than this." Yeah. This, uh, I, I know that Skyward Sword came first. I know that Ocarina of Time is like the big split where you have mm-hmm. Adult Link and Child Link and the other Child Link or the other Adult Link. I don't remember. But it like splits into the, three based on that. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll let you explain it to us. And then yeah. Link's Awakening is um, just a dream. It is so just it a dream. Matter. So Despite let's hear. Uh, 
So let's hear, this is the actual text taken from the beginning of the Hyrule Historia uh, from Shigeru Miyamoto um, explaining how this game came to be. And I thought this was really interesting. I did not know about this until reading the book. So uh, his words here, I started working on the first Legend of Zelda project with a small staff in a corner of Nintendo's development office in Kyoto. It was the mid 80s and the Famicom, uh, quick note for those of you who don't know what that is, it is the, that is the Japanese name for the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, had been out for about two years. And at the time, I was working on Super Mario Brothers uh, compilation for the Famicom. But the DISM, also, this is the peripheral that the Famicom was going was not releasing in the United States, but was going to be an attachment for it, uh, was about to come out, and we needed to develop a launch title for it. I thought that we should take advantage of the disk system's ability to rewrite data by making a game that allowed two players to create dungeons and then explore each other's creations. We designed the game, and overall the response was that playing through the dungeons was the best part. We made a one-player game with dungeons under mountains that surrounded Death Mountain, but we couldn't shake that I want to play above ground two feeling. So we added forests and lakes and eventually Hyrule Field. Of course, the title of the games wasn't decided right, right at the beginning. I knew I wanted it to be the legend of something, but I had a hard time figuring out what that something was going to be. That's when the PR planner said, why don't you make it a storybook game? He suggested an illustrated story where Link rescues a princess who is a timeless beauty with a classic appeal and mentioned, there's a famous American author whose wife is Zelda. How about giving the name to the eternal beauty? I couldn't really get behind the book idea, but I really liked the name Zelda. I asked him if I could use it, and he said that that would be fine, and that's where the title The Legend of Zelda was born. We named the protagonist Link because he connects people together. He was supposed to spread the scattered energy of the world through the ages. The old female storyteller who feeds information to Zelda is named Impa. Her name comes from the word Impart. Impa, Link, and Zelda were the guardians of the Triforce. Today... You think of the characters who are connected to the Triforce. You think of Link, you think of Zelda, you think of Ganon. But that started an Ocarina of Time. Originally, Ganon was only the villain in Relentless Pursuit of the Triforce. And we're going to discuss that tonight. We're going to break this apart. We're going to talk a little bit about how the Triforce came to be, um, the creation of Hyrule, and then why we have all these differing paths and how they all somehow make sense in a weird, convoluted way. Any questions? Not really. Sounds like fun. No. Okay. Uh, I know yeah. I know that uh, Shigeru Miyamoto also uh, explored caves on his own uh, when he was a kid, and that was yep. a big inspiration for why he made that game in the first place, and that comes from that long line of Miyamoto. You know, this is just something I did, and now I decided to make a game about it. I had a garden, and I decided, ooh, what if there were little things in it? And that's where I came up with Pikmin. And, right. Uh, I mean, you get a similar story with Pokemon where it's like, I, I really like bug collecting. And, you know, this now that the city sprawl is starting to, to go over Japan, you're losing some of that. So I wanted to get back to the idea of bug collecting and fighting. And so that's, uh, yeah, it's it's another cool huh, link into hey. uh, Nintendo's history. So I'll be going through quite a bit tonight, guys. Uh, anytime, slow me down, ask a question, interrupt me. Um but I'll check for validation and questions as I go on through it. But a lot of the beginning part here is going to be kind of setting the stage uh, to get into the eras leading up to the big timeline split. So okay. um, the, the chronology of a history of Hyrule, the chronology begins with the creation of heaven and earth immediately followed by the events of Skyward Sword. That's what Chase was alluding to earlier. It splits after Ocarina of Time with one timeline depicting the events that follow Link, Link's triumph over Ganon and the other in his defeat. 
The section of the timeline where Link's triumph is further divided into two separate realities, once the child area, the other, the, I'm sorry, the child era, the other being where Link returns to, I'm sorry, the child era where Link returns to his original time, and then the adult era where the hero of time disappears and Ganondorf is free to return unopposed. Uh, and we will refer again to him being named Link here. The heroes of the Chronicles all share the same name, Link. These Links might not have been the same person, a series of uh, familiar descents, or a number of the heroes with different names entirely. The links of certain eras may also have been named after the legendary hero. Uh, Hylian princesses bearing the name Zelda have also appeared throughout the history of Hyrule. It is likely that the name was handed down throughout the generation. So in briefing here, this is not necessarily the same link. If you're an unfamiliar with Zelda at all, that's going to show up across all these games, but maybe descendants. Um, and as we get into it, there's centuries that are in between these games. So, uh, there might be some relics that we talk about that carry over between them where like, hey, this is the same Master Sword, for example, that the original Zelda or the original Link had uh, that now this particular generation has. And there'll be some uh, points that I will try and maybe make sense of at the end of it because I found some loopholes in it all. Sure. And, and also just for anyone who is unfamiliar with Zelda but thinks they might be interested in playing it based on anything that we talk about or anything else, you don't have to play these in any sort of order there is a timeline (laughs) that has been retconned like this this timeline is mm, bullshit i I think is is potentially a good word for it um but it's not something that was known at least by players and probably not even by miyamoto himself until they came up with the idea of how to all these kids like hey this 25th anniversary and not to mention uh on that same note they've given themselves like full grace and creative power to say, well, we're going to readjust the timeline based off of whatever we see fit. Um, So so, uh, the point is like, if you want to play a legend of Zelda game, you can play any of them and not worry about missing part of the story because each Zelda game really is its own story uh, with, with like a couple of potentially tiny exceptions where there have been semi direct sequels like uh, Majora's Mask to uh, to Ocarina of Time or A Link Between Worlds and A Link to the Past. But other than totally. that, yeah, so they pretty much what? all take place in their own whatever and are just tenuously put together. Uh, where do the CDI games fit in? Uh, in they fit in here? the garbage. Ooh. That's where they fit. Oh. Um, and one thing I probably should have said earlier, uh, in case you didn't know, this is going to be a spoiler ridden episode. So if you are wanting to play some of these games with the purest of hearts, how do you, how do you spoil the legend of Zelda? I'm just saying it's, like, we're, we're going to get into the same story every time specifics chase the details Shh. here. So if you don't want to have any information on Zelda, this is the, the skip this episode and come back later. So, all right. Creation. Uh, the beginning of the timeline encompasses the events of Skyward Sword, the Minish Cap, Four Swords, and Ocarina of Time, in that order. The world created by the goddesses. The world was created by three goddesses during a time of chaos. Then the goddess of power created the land. Nehru, the goddess of wisdom, created order. Arore, the goddess of courage, created the diverse inhabitants. Upon leaving the world, the goddesses left behind the Triforce, the Golden Triangle. It is said that any wish the, the possessor of the Triforce desires will come true. The golden goddesses departed from the world they created and left the Triforce in care of the goddess Hylia. It is unknown that the Triforce was left, why it was left behind. There's really no explanation ever given on why they just up and left this powerful tool behind. One thing to note about the Triforce 
quick sidebar. Uh, it grants wishes to those who touch it. Since the Triforce does not distinguish between good or evil, it allows both good and uh, evil wishes. A strong heart, innate ability, and a balance of the three virtues, power, wisdom, and courage are required to be grant to, to grant a wish. If one does not possess the balance of the three virtues that, that touches the Triforce, its three pieces are split apart. Uh, the finder is left with the piece that personifies what he or she values most. The other two pieces will appear on the hands of two individuals chosen by the will of the goddesses. One must reunite the three pieces in order to obtain true power. So in some cases in the stories that we're going to talk about, the Triforce remains whole, uh, but depending upon who touches it, usually in those cases. Um, so we enter in from creation immediately into the era of the goddess Hylia. Uh, the Triforce was entrusted to the goddess during, uh, sorry, it was entrusted to the goddess Hylia during the era of Hylia, known more fully as the era of the goddess. One day, the demon king demise sought to take it and make the world his own. He rose an army of forces against Hyrule. Hylia gathered the sur surviving humans on an outcrop of earth and sent it to the sky beyond a cloud barrier. Uh, the outcrop would later become known as Skylofts. She hid the Triforce there as well. Uh, Hylia re uh, rallied the remaining land dwellers, fought back the evil forces led by Demise, and sealed them away. She suffered grave injuries in the battle, knowing that the seal of Demise would not hold. She devised a plan. As the Triforce could not be wielded by a god, which is a really weird clause in the rule, that they created this thing that they can't touch or use. Just want to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Um Hylia renounced divinity and transferred her soul to the body of a mortal who would become of age uh, when Demise returned. She created the goddess sword and the spirit B, who would aid uh, her chosen hero, who would reveal himself when he drew the sword from his pedestal. So we're setting up the, the story here for Skyward Sword. Have either one of you played Skyward Sword? Yes. No. Okay. Um, I, know, I know that I don't like Fee. Uh, why? Uh, because she sucks. Okay, because she, she is Navi, but a sword. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, I did I did play with her a little bit in um, in the the Hyrule Warriors games, so I, yeah. I mean I'm somewhat familiar with her from there. Uh, but no, I, I don't really know anything about Skyward Sword other than you're in the sky. There's some longest tutorial ever. Yeah, I hear that. There's some avatar like birds that fly around. Yep. Um, yep, and uh, they got the Wii Motion Plus right. It, yeah, I think that this game, you know, I I did play and finish this game. It was a bit taxing with just how based on motion it was. To Johnny's point, the the systems weren't great to teach you the game. There were some really cool moments, and it was something really special to be learning about how all this came to be. But ultimately, uh, the the critical reception of this game wasn't great. Um, Actually, it was given nines and tens. I remember the reviews were absolutely. I'm, I shouldn't say like I should say user. I feel like that's every Zelda game. Like yeah. every Zelda game comes out, and people are like, "Oh, this game rules!" And then it's it's only after a little bit of time where people go, "You know, actually, it wasn't that." I, f I felt that way while I was playing it. I was like, "This is not that great." Yeah. yeah. Um, but one one Zelda game actually had the opposite happen, and that's uh that's uh Fuck, Toon Link one, whatever that one's called. Wind Waker. Wind Waker? Yeah, thank you. Because uh, nobody liked that art style, so they thought the game was trash. I and love then, that art and style. And now people are like, ooh, actually, that game's pretty good. That game is really good. So let me just break down uh, what took place during the Sky era, which is basically Skyward Sword. So for those of you who are keeping track, um, this came out on Nintendo Wii in 2011. 
Thousands of years later during the Sky Era, Hylia was reborn as Zelda in Skyloft on the day of the 25th annual wing ceremony. A little Easter egg for all of you. 25th uh, annual wing ceremony, 25th of uh, the nights that were in that game. This is also the game that released on the 25th anniversary of Zelda. Uh, she is taken down to the surface in a tornado created by Girahim, who attempts to have her kidnapped to revive his master, Demise. Demise is who was killed or mm-hmm. basically banished prior. Uh, Zelda is rescued. That, that guy with like the white hair and like a red scarfy cape thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's him. Uh, he's a sorcerer, so to speak, sure. which most of them are. Uh, Zelda is rescued from his minions by Impa, whom Helia had sent through time to help her mortal self. Zelda regains her memories as uh, Helia, her childhood friend Link, is led by Fee to draw the goddess sword and is so revealed to be Helia's chosen hero at the Temple of Time. Zelda and Impa flee from Garaham by going through the Gate of Time and destroying it behind them. Link uh, seeks out the three sacred flames to temper his sword into the Master Sword. That was my favorite part of this game, by the way, was just knowing that you were creating the Master Sword and all the... I remember having very lengthy conversations with you at work about this. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds really cool, but... I've lost all desire to play this game. I get it. Um, like, cool, it, another fetch quest in the Zelda game. I love it. Yep. <laughs> no, Chase, it's it's deeper than that, man. Sure, <laughs> you're, right. You're making the Master Sword. Yeah, you collect these three things to do this one thing, and then you have to collect yeah. these other six things to do this other thing, and then you have to collect another 12 things to do another it's, thing. It's the ultimate sword, and it never gets tired. Oh, no, never. Until it does. Why would, it, why would the Master Sword ever get tired? That'd be ridiculous. Who would think of such a thing? So after the Master Sword is created, it is used to activate the second Gate of Time at a sealed temple. He finds Zelda by using the Gate of Time to travel back to the era of Hylia. Hylia, I'm sorry. To the time shortly after when Demise was sealed, Zelda places herself in a thousand-year slumber to sustain the seal. Link returns to the present. He gathers the Triforce, and he uses it to destroy Demise. Zelda awakens from her age-long slumber, only to be kidnapped by Girahim, Gearham takes her to the past where Demise is still alive and uses her soul to revive his master. Link defeats Demise in the battle and the Demon King is permanently sealed away in the Master Sword. With his last words, Demise vows an incarnation of his hatred. This will be Ganon later on. Shall ever follow those Spoiler. who share the blood of the goddesses <laughs> and the spirit of the hero in a cycle without end. This was such a cool moment, I thought, when I played the game to understand like why there was this repetitive, always seemingly history of this battle throughout the ages you know there's always a girl and there's always a lighthouse Mm. there's always another lighthouse at this point in time so like what maybe maybe you're getting to this but like what happens to skyloft does that thing fall out of the sky at some point is it still there um do we just not care so oh yeah that's right it's here so at this point in time link thrusts the master sword back into the pedestal the sealed temple fee becomes forever dormant in the sword Link and Zelda return to the present, but Impa stays in the past, in her own time, to watch over the Master Sword. Zelda resolves to live on the surface and watch over the Triforce. So Zelda does not return to Skyloft. Uh, Zelda uh, and the others from Skyloft repopulated the surface world. Their descendants became known as the uh, Hylians. During this time, the land was named Hyrule. So basically everybody from... the the land never physically came back down to the surface, but the people who left the land to go to the sky came back. So why do we never go back to Skyloft? 
it's not necessary at that point in time because <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's been it's, uh, it's just just a bunch of bird shit know, and, on there, and we don't really need to yeah, go back and see gross that. bird you know, shit. Monty Python and Holy Grail, when they say they're going to go back to uh, Camelot, mm-hmm. and they say let's not go there. That's a silly place. Mm. That's same. Sounds same about, thing. Sounds happened. about right. <laughs> so. Uh, to Chase's point, why is everybody on the ground still? Why didn't they just stay in the sky where it was safe? And that's probably would have been for the better. But how do you tell more stories? Because after they forgot how to fly, after many years of peace and Hyrule, word spread of the supreme power of the Triforce. So again, Triforce on Earth now in Hyrule. Um, war engulfed the land, hurtling the era of chaos. In particular, a group of powerful sorcerers known as the Interlopers sought dominion over the sacred realm. Or the so Triforce. Sorry, are we done with Skyward Sword at this point? Like, you finished yeah, that? Okay, we're done. on to the next game. Boom. Yeah. Done. Okay. So, Skyward for, Sword. For the rest of these, can they, like, kind of denote that? Like, hey, and now Skyward Sword is over, and we're moving yeah. on to the story that gets on to this next game. Yeah. That would um, For sure. So, we're not going to be talking about a particular uh, game for a minute. I will I'm, let I'm you know. talking about Minish Cap? In a minute. Oh, okay. In a minute. So this, in this a minute. is all just like interconnected stuff between yeah. Skyward Sword and Minish Cap. Yeah. So there, if you if you want a visual aid, if you have your Hyrule story, you're going to see that between the eras, there's some stuff that isn't exactly fleshed out. And mm-hmm. there are some things that I wonder, like, could they place games into those areas? Absolutely, would, they could. What that would look like. Um, they won't, but they could. They Correct. There's a third timeline where Link and Ganon actually have a truce. That would be a fourth a timeline. It's a fourth timeline. There's already a third timeline, Fuck. Johnny. I know. They've already <laughs> thought of that. So uh, Skyward Sword, the Sky Era, is now done. We've moved past that. Many years, I don't know how many, have passed since those events. Uh, Triforce is back in Hyrule. We're in the Era of Chaos. Uh, there's a group of sorcerers known as interlopers who's, who want dominion over the Sacred Realm. Where the Triforce is located. Hey, we are in an era of chaos. The I can this aggression will not stand, man. The where, goddess where does, sent. Where does Eco uh, fit in here? And Shadow of the Colossus, like where, like those are those are Zelda games, right? <laughs> yeah, they would hope to be. They wanted to be. And uh, Darksiders. That's in here right, too. That's yeah, the, absolutely. That's yeah. that's going to be one of the next eras here. I'm sure. sorry, Bob. No, you're okay. Um, I got all the time in the world. I have multiple timelines actually. Um, the goddesses sent the spirits of light to banish them to the twilight realm. We'll talk about that later. To protect the Triforce. Now, I've heard of banishing to the shadow realm. Hmm? Twilight realm, I'm not as familiar well, there's with. There's no game, Legend of Zelda, the shadow realm. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, the sage, Raru, built a new temple of time around the pedestal holding the master sword. The location of the only entrance to the sacred realm. He placed the Triforce and the temple of light and sealed off the sacred realm with him inside it. The Master Sword became the key that joined the Temple of Time to the Temple of Light. It was closed behind the Door of Time. So that's the end of the Era of Chaos. And there's a lot that goes in there, but there's not a lot of specifics. There's no games or anything to tie it to, just a lot of foreshadowing. Um, We get into the Era of Prosperity next. So during the Era of Prosperity, Zelda's descendants established the Kingdom of Hyrule, and became its royal family. This is where we come to see a lot of the pomp and circumstances that you see with the castles and all the royalty that comes from it. They built Hyrule Castle in the center of the Hyrule near the Temple of Time, 
Years afterwards, many members of the royal family were born with special powers, given that they were blood relatives of the goddess Hylia. Princesses born into royal families were named Zelda after the goddesses reincarnate. So, again, that's just kind of setting the stage to let you know, how do you go from this battle-savage Zelda to the princess and all of the fancy shops and everything built around it? That's just a little bit of kind of setting the stage what's going on. To Chase's point a few moments ago, the Force Era brings in the Menace legend. Uh, during the Force Era, Hyrule was attacked by evil beings. The Minish, hmm. known to the Hylians as the Pecori, descended from the sky to save Hyrule. They brought the Pecori Blade and the Light Force to the Hero of Men. The Hero sealed the evil beings in the bound chest and locked it with the Pecori Blade. To commence the event, a Pecori festival was held once a year during the festival. The champions of sword fighting tournament would earn the right to touch the Pecori Blade. This brings us to the Minish Cap. This came out on the Game Boy Advance in 2004. Uh... On the hundredth now, I never played the Minish Cap. Have That's either fine. of you? Uh, I haven't finished I've it. I started yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I Chase and I were going to do an episode. Of well, we're still going to do it. it. <laughs> yeah, someday, some year. Um, so I don't, I don't love the Minish Cap mostly because it feels uh, like extra. <laughs> extra Zelda at some point yeah. where I just, there's so many uh, paths that are cut off to you until you get the different equipment. And I really don't like the gimmick of going into the Minish form and, and being tiny and having to go through different dungeons like that and, right. and not having your weapon at that point when you, when you go small. Um, it, but interestingly, it's, it's made by Capcom and I believe it's the same team that worked on the Oracle of Ages and Seasons games. Uh, so they, those games did well Very enough that, that they, uh, gave cap that Nintendo gave Capcom another shot to make another one. And that was the Minish Cap. So it's kind of cool. Uh, there, there are some interesting ideas in there and I would like to go back and play that game. Um, but I, I just, I just haven't. <laughs> This was really cool for me in particular. And th- honestly, like I, so I got, you can't see it on the show, but I got this print uh, a few days ago of, of link. And I've been thinking a lot about like what those games mean to me. And that's what, what spawned my desire to do this. And in doing so, I was like, I can actually learn a little bit more about some of the games that I missed, but and find out like their, their story beats. So this was really exciting for me in the deep dive format to like teach myself something while hopefully teaching you all something as well. Um, so continuing here, on the 100th anniversary of the Pecori Festival, a corrupted power-sinking Minish named Vati wins the sword fighting tournament. During the award ceremony, Vati breaks the Pecori blade and opens up the bound chest, hoping to find the light force. This unleashes evil onto Hyrule. He turns Zelda to stone and later kidnaps her when he discovers the light force is actually within her. Uh, he uses the light force to transform into a winged demon. Uh, not a one-winged angel, a winged mm. demon. Oh, well, that's, not, that's not nearly as cool. I understand. It'd be a lot better. Link is what happened to the stage of prosperity, man? What if Link's sword looks like a giant? We like, need to meat make cleaver? Hyrule great again. <laughs> Maha, <laughs> isn't that a fish? Um, Mahi, that's it. Uh, and henceforth it shall be known as Mahi. Uh, Link was a blacksmith's <laughs> apprentice and Zelda's friend. Uh, continually friend zoned here, folks. Uh, Hyrule Lake. Drain like hey, the friend zone doesn't yeah. exist. You just you gotta have game. You gotta get good. Uh, yeah, tell Link to quit being such an incel sad boy. 
and just ask her out. Maybe if he spoke more or at all. Yeah. Huh. Uh, <laughs> Link, a blacksmith's apprentice and Zelda's friend forever, is enlisted by King Daltus to have the Picori blade reforged so it can break the curse on Zelda. He teams up with Ezlo, a Minish sage, and Vati's yeah, former mentor. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. Vati had gained his power when he stole the mage's cap from Ezlo. Uh, with the help of Ezlo and other Minish, Link reforges the Picori Blade and infuses it with the four elements to create the Four Sword. Da, da, da. With it in hand, Link <gasps> vanquishes Vati, breaking the curse of the Princess Zelda. Zelda oh, uses God. the ma- Mage's Cap to wish Hyrule back to normal. That concludes the Minish back Cap. Back to normal? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Normal? Like, what? That's a, that's a very loaded word. It's a very just- loaded word. You can't just tell a genie, oh, I want I want something to be normal. Like, that's... Hmm. So let me just kind of piece this sandwich together a little bit more. We had Skyward Sword. Shit came back down to Hyrule. Things got bad in the era of chaos. Prosperity came to be. All the while, Master Sword is still sealed in Hyrule behind all of those doors. That is the key. Hence, in the Minish Legend here, that's why you're seeing the Cory Blade and the Four Sword and no mention of the Master Sword at this point in time. It is there with them, but its purpose has not yet really been tapped into. This leads us on to Four Swords, which is a Game Boy Advance game that came out in 2002. So two years prior, you get the, they kind of flip them here. This is where it really starts to get wonky um, as far as timeline stuff goes. Savati was presumed dead, but soon reappeared, having no memory of his previous life as a Minish. He declared himself the Wind Mage and claimed the palace of winds. He brought terror to the land by kidnapping young maidens. A hero appeared carrying the four sword. He sealed the demon inside the sword, which was uh, in the four sword sanctuary. Generations later, Vati, the wind mage breaks free and kidnaps Zelda, taking her to the palace of winds. Link who witnessed the kidnapping draws the four sword and it's split into four links. The links gather three keys to Vati's palace from the great fairies in the Sea of Trees, the Talus Cave, and Death Mountain. The Lynx defeat Vati in his palace and rescue Princess Zelda. The Wind Mage is once again sealed in the Four Sword, which is returned to its pedestal, and then Link regains his original form as just one singular Link. So that's kind of how shit went down uh, in the Force Era, which this is concluding the Four Sword storyline right now. It's also concluding the entire Force Era. And uh, this is when we start to get into the Hero of Time. So that was like the the last big moment before what I consider to be the most important Zelda video game, which is the Ocarina of Time. I think that it is the key uh, the key piece to everything else that happens. There's a lot that is riding on the events of that game. And what happens in that game is really what controls how everything else comes to be. Um, Not necessarily the best Zelda game, but but I would agree with most important. Yeah, I again like I think best maybe isn't the best one, but yeah, it's some this people's is, favorite. Yeah, and I go back and forth just to put this out there, like between this and Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda game. Um, but the events of it at the time, I didn't under like when I first played this game, I had no idea the importance of what it meant for other generations of Zelda games. I mean, not just for that, but video games in their entirety sure right like a, sh- a shift I, to I, mm-hmm. mario had already kind of made the shift to 3d but i think zelda submitted it i think uh, there was definitely maybe uh, more more to storytelling that came through 
that mm-hmm. especially console like i know pc was doing all sorts of things but right uh, from a console perspective i think having very story-based games that uh were, were telling something more epic and grand was you know that that was something that was happening but it wasn't to this degree and i think zelda right. really pioneered and popularized yeah. that i mean without ocarina of time we wouldn't have things like a game you love bobby dark souls sure very heavily inspired by like ocarina of time and legend of zelda yeah. as, and as a whole so uh yeah i'm with you i go back and forth either the, that one or breath of the wild yeah my favorite zelda game and so, i just i just not played link's crossbow training that actually is not anywhere in the timeline. Uh, they they made a very distinct uh, omission of <laughs> that game. Swept that one under the rug. Um, God. Uh, just a, a quick personal but, note but here. But Zelda Cross, where does Zelda Cross show up? That was in the Prosperity timeline. Okay, that makes sense. Um, they, had, they had time to solve puzzles. The yeah, Picori Blade and the Picross, the, the yeah. Picross the Replay. P- that's where it was. Picorius. Um, yep. Stop. Uh, Stop. So I didn't that guy kill his wife. Wasn't he an Olympian who killed his wife? Os- Oscar Piscorius? <laughs> Maybe. Sure. Pistorius. I Sorry. was terrified Bad to joke. play Ocarina of Time as a kid. It looked incredibly daunting. It seemed very huge and big and unlike anything I had really sunk my teeth into. Um, I remember picking this up. It was on layaway at Walmart. Coming home, I had the gold cart and I had the, uh, the playthrough guide in hand as well. And this is really a pivotal moment in my personal gaming life because it opened up a lot of doors into what I, I've come to enjoy today. Um, so I'm very thrilled to talk about this game. Uh, the era of the hero of time. Hyrule enters a long period of civil war. Bobby During the war. I don't care if we've played it or not. He just wants- oh, have you got, obviously Johnny's played it. Chase, have you played? Many times. Uh, I have probably played this Zelda game more than any other. And by okay. played, I mean went through the first hour and a half, um, maybe like a dozen times, <laughs> because okay. I didn't own this game for a very long time on my N64. So I would go over to my friend's place across the street, and they'd let me play Zelda, and I'd play through, and I'd go through the the maze thing to like avoid the guards, find Zelda. She'd get kidnapped by Ganondorf, and it's oh man, you know what? It's it's time to go back home. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. And then when I got back, it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I deleted your save. It's no big deal. Like, oh, you can just man. start again. So then I've, I must have played There's that. There's three saves. I know. Yeah. Uh, kind of dirtbag friend are you having here? <laughs> I must have played through it uh, a, like a ton of times, but I never really got much further than that. I did play a little bit more uh, of the 3DS version when, when yeah. that remake came, or remaster, remaster, I guess, came out. Yeah. And, uh, and I played through a, a decent amount more of that but i i don't know i've never really been able to get into it the the controls especially now feel very dated and i'm sure the n64 yeah. has a lot to do with that and and trying to bring that system all the way over to the 3ds you know some of that stuff kind of gets lost in translation even though it feels a lot better when it comes to things sure. like aiming the slingshot and things like that but um yeah i i appreciate it and i i have the strategy guide for this game for no good reason sure but uh i've i've never beaten it i've watched a lot of speed runs because they are super quick now and they really are. interesting in the way that people just skip through all sorts of shit the most recent one they found uh fox's uh ship 
right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you found the R yeah. wings in there. That's um, cool. if there was ever, which I doubt this will ever happen, but if there was ever a remake from Nintendo for one of these games, this is the one that I'd like to see done. It's already on the 3DS, man. Um, so I think I think Bobby's talking full blown. I know what he's talking. Final about. Fantasy Seven treatment. Yeah. So Hyrule enters a long period of Civil War. Make sure you get no more on there. This is something that's really interesting to me. Like, I don't know anything about... I couldn't find any information on a Civil War in Hyrule. I don't know what size. I don't know if this involved, uh, you know, Gorons or other species. That's an area that if they were going to go back in the timeline, like, I'd love to see what that looks like. I think you could do some really cool mechanics in this well, style of game. it happened when the uh, Hylians wanted to keep slaves. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I and think that's Hyrule fair. Warriors, where it's just like thousands of enemies and thousands of. <laughs> Honestly, Chase, you, you you say that jokingly, but I was thinking of that game whenever I was reading into this, and like I was curious, and I was going to ask you, do they allude to any time no. period at all in that? God, no. no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Hyrule enters a long period of civil war. During the war, a dying uh, Hylian woman flees to the Kokiri Forest and entrusts her baby boy Link to the Great Deku Tree. The boy is raised as a cookery. Uh, eventually, the king of Hyrule ends the war and unifies the kingdom. This is the Ocarina of Time. It came out on the Nintendo 64 in 1998. Ganondorf, leader of the Gerudo people, openly swears uh, to the king that he will be loyal, but plots to open the door of time to obtain the Triforce. This is isn't the first. He the only male in that entire race, isn't mm-hmm. that the deal? He, he is the only male, yeah. and that's where he feels like he can kind of persuade people like he's gifted to do it. This is also the first appearance in the timeline of Ganondorf. So this is the first time since Demise that you see anything with Ganon or Ganondorf. Um, this is the first time that we're being back to the Temple of Time since the Age of Prosperity. To that end, he curses the great Deku Tree in an attempt to wrest him of the Kokiri's Emerald, with his dying breath, the great Deku Tree sets Link and the fairy Navi on a quest to stop Ganondorf. Link meets the Princess Zelda, who, like uh, who like Link, has premonitions of Gan- Gan- uh, Ganondorf's treachery. The two plot to open the door of time and get the Triforce before Ganondorf. When Link opens the door of time and draws the Master Sword from the pedestal of time, he is sealed within the Chamber of Sages for seven years. He reawakens as the hero of time. In this time, Ganondorf had entered the sacred realm and seized the Triforce. However, the Triforce had split into three and Ganondorf retained only the Triforce of power. And this goes back to what we originally talked about. Whoever touches it has to possess all the traits and he did not. He only had power. Link gained the Triforce of courage and Princess Zelda the Triforce of wisdom. I'm going to admit here, this is a little strange considering that the goddess, the goddesses are choosing who gets these pieces. But yet if Zelda is the mortal form of the goddess. Why would she get the courage? There's a lot of this. Correct. Um, Ganondorf had used this power to take control of Hyrule Castle. Ivanka. (laughs) And Sacred Realm was transformed. Does that make Link Jared? (laughs) Into an evil (laughs) realm due to his evil heart. Using the combined power of the Master Sword and the Seven Sages, Link and Princess Zelda seal Ganondorf in an evil realm. Ganondorf vows to destroy Link and Zelda's descendants. When the seal is one day broken, Zelda uses the Ocarina of Time to return Link to his own time. Link places the Master Sword back in the pedestal and closes the door of time. Navi, her mission complete, disappears. The timeline splits into three branches after Ocarina of Time. The Fallen Hero timeline is a branch in which Ganon defeats the Hero of Time. 
branch which, will link to which we never see <laughs> like because what's that if you're playing if, if we never see that if you're playing the game you would never you, lose. like like you know that's the thing correct so you never actually see this take place mm-hmm. um the closest thing you can do is just getting a game over in the fight and imagine that's what it went like but you yeah. do see the events of this battle and other games through story and we'll get into that here in a little bit uh, the branch where Link defeats Ganon itself is split into when Zelda sends Link back into his childhood, and then the child timeline is the branch that follows Link back to his own time. The adult timeline is the branch where the hero of time disappeared from the world inexplicably. The Master Sword exists in both branches, which is strange. Uh, in the child timeline, Link returns to the, pe- the pedestal of time. In the adult timeline, Zelda does it. So that's the differences here. If it's the child timeline, Link is the one who puts the sword back. If it's the adult timeline, it's Zelda. And as we have here, it's it's odd that they exist in both timelines because how could that be the case? So that is a very long-winded way to set up these timelines. We've gone through Skyward Sword. We've talked about the different ages leading up to it. We have now reached the point where we're going to branch off into three of these timelines. And the first timeline I want to talk through is going to be timeline, just for the sake of this conversation, we're going to call it timeline A. That's the adult timeline. Link defeats Ganon. So um, I can go into some of the plot points of the game. I really have the timeline details here. I'm going to let you guys ask questions about some of these games that we get into um, and talk through it. Uh, how are we feeling at this point? Any questions, any comments on where we've been or where we're going? This is all making perfect sense to me. So It's, a lo- it's about to make a lot less. Um, so let me do my best to try and clear that up for you. So Link... Defeats Ganon. As seen in the final battle at the ending of Ocarina of Time, Link defeats Ganondorf, sealing him in the Sacred Realm with the help of the Seven Sages. Later, Ganondorf will escape the seal, which forces the gods to cause the Great Flood. The events of the Wind Waker occur immediately, followed by the events of Phantom Hourglass. Tetris Pirates discover a new continent and establish a new Hyrule there. The events of Spirit Tracks then occur on new Hyrule. So the first event in this adult timeline where Link has... uh, defeated Ganon is a link to the past. It is the first game in the real world's timeline where link, sorry, I had this screwed up here. The timeline, this is where link is defeated by. You said you were going to make sense of this. Right. No, I didn't. I said I was going to try okay, and screw whoa, whoa. It up. So we're in timeline a, which means Correct. adult link killed Ganon and then disappeared. No, yes. no. Sorry. That, um, are you back to Child Link? What, which one are we on? <laughs> we are now... He defeats Ganon. No. Link is defeated by Ganon. Okay. So, so plot, line is, a, plot line A is the one we don't see. Link loses at the end of Ocarina of Time. Ganon now controls everything. And then floods. Ganon floods everything because he's a real dick about things? Yeah. Give me one second. Let me just double check my work. <laughs> I must get my tome. Let me get my tome. So, um, I am in the Hyrule Historia. I am pulling up the timeline page just to make sure I got this taken care of correctly. Um, so, we're going to go with the heroes defeated, which is my mistake, my first of this. So, this is going to be Link is defeated by Ganon at the events of Ocarina of Time. So, the gotcha. first game post-defeat is a link to the past. 
uh, A Link to the Past is the first game in the real world's timeline where Link is defeated by Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time. It is also the first of an in-game branch known as the Decline of Hyrule in The Last Hero. It happens after an event called the Imprisoning War. Um, you guys have played A Link to the Past, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't beaten it, but yes. You've played... Um, I will get into this one as a little bit later on here, but mm-hmm. I know that you played A Link Between Worlds. Yes. Which... Yes. The game covers a lot of the same beats from A Link to the Past with some varying differences. I mean, they're, they're almost the A and B side here. Yep. Um, movie, so that game came out on Super Nintendo in 1991. The following game in this timeline is the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Shadows. This is yeah. a Game Boy Advance game in 2000. Oracle of Ages. Seasons. Ages and Seasons. Ages. What's that? Ages and Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this game happens between A Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, and it features the second uh, uh, canon resurrection of Ganon, something that happens an awful lot. It comes at an end of something called the Era of Light and Dark. Uh, both of these games involve a Triforce calling Link onto a quest to find the essence of time and nature in order to produce a magical seed from the Maku tree. Each game is, has a final non-Ganon antagonist that Link must defeat. The games have a linked uh, ending that features Ganon being resurrected. Um, then we get into Link's Awakening. And I played this game for the first time uh, last year. So this was originally released on the Game Boy in 1993. It was also remastered in 2019 for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, we've talked a lot about this game last year uh, for our Game of the Year episode. It was a charming remake of a really cool tale of Zelda. Uh, the place of this game in the timeline is a bit confusing, given it is just a dream. However, it appears to be a dream that Link is specifically having before the events of A Legend of Zelda. Uh, it takes place during a brief era known as the Golden Era. Link's boat is destroyed at sea. He washes up on a mysterious island. He sets out to collect the eight instruments of the sirens in order to wake the wind fish and return home. Link still fights Ganon near the end, but it's just the form of a different antagonist takes. In the end, it is all revealed to be a dream. Um, The next in this timeline is going to be A Link Between Worlds on the Nintendo 3DS, which came out in 2013. Um, I was encouraged to play this game by you, Chase, uh, when I was borrowing one of your 3DSs, and I became enthralled with this game. It was one of my favorite Zelda experiences. It really opened up the idea of gaming on one of those 3DSs. Um, it was phenomenal. Johnny, I know that you've played this as well. Yep. I think we all feel very strongly that this is a good video game. It is. I, I think from a top five Zelda. I think from a gameplay perspective, it's my favorite Zelda. Uh, I, I, yeah. could see, I could see people making an argument that you know, Link to the Past or, or Ocarina of Time is so much more important or has has so much more cachet, but I think just in terms of the way they open up that world where you can take dungeons any in relatively any order you want, the, the idea of um, renting equipment so you can take on those different dungeons, uh, I it's just it's so much fun it, the the map is also like fun callbacks to a link to the past but then also totally. some new things that that subvert your expectations and i just found it really charming all all around yeah i completely agree i i, I loved a lot of the mechanics they brought into it uh this is also and in, in my preparation for this this is where i had to take on some external sources and i think that's what some of my confusion came in when i was copying this over as you all know uh, Hyrule Historia came out in 2011. And so this game coming out in 2013 had not been placed on 
the timeline here. So I've been doing some research trying to fit this in in placement. So if there is any any continuity issues yeah. here, that's now is, where we're at. Is we this need a, a revised version of the story. Is this official or is this yeah. some Okay, so Nintendo yeah. has come out and said, "Hey, mm-hmm. we know it's not in the book, but here's where it would be." Okay. There's only one game that we're going to discuss tonight. You can probably figure it out where there is no uh, intentional confirmation of where it takes place. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Super so, Smash Brothers. That's the one. A Link Between Worlds. This game has also occurred during a brief golden age where everything was relatively peaceful before the world got darker. This is part of the real real world timeline, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, a Link Between Worlds introduces a new kingdom known as Low Rule, which was so fucking cool, I thought. Mm-hmm. The dark mirror of the more familiar Hyrule, Link faces off against a wizard named Yuga, who turns people into paintings and who is attempting to resurrect resurrect Ganon for the umpteenth time, Link uses the Triforce to restore low rule to its former glory. Um, coming up... Bob, Bobby, let me ask you a question. Would you rather yeah. see a straight remake of Ocarina of Time, or would you like to see them do something more like this, where this game originally was supposed to be a remake of A Link to the Past on 3DS, and then Miyamoto kind of came in and said, nah, you gotta do something better than that. And that's that's where they came up with the new mechanic and that turned into yeah. a new story. So would you actually prefer to see them maybe do another story within uh, the Ocarina of Time kind of play space? If you would have asked me this two months ago, I would have told you yes. But after playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and seeing what they did with that and how they took some liberties in telling that story. But you don't know the liberties. <laughs> I know that there's enough change and I know that there's still some like that game is following certain beats of it. I, uh, I, I don't want just a prettied up version. Sure. I'd like to see them add some new, new stuff into it. It'd be more interesting if they changed it up a little yeah. bit. Cause it's, it is so well known. Yeah. It's been remastered on one platform. I think taking that version of Hyrule and gussing it up, adding to it. Yeah be really really interesting i don't think it'll happen i don't either personally no. uh, like why why would they need to at this point sure they don't i think i but think that like non-nintendo links awakening makes a lot of sense that they they would do that because again that game not played by many it's game boy game right, yeah fits there really well uh so we're going to add another game that came out after the hyrule story here and that's going to be triforce heroes this was a nintendo 3ds game that came out in 2015 uh, the Triforce Heroes is thus far the last to take place in the Golden Age. It precedes two in- inner game events, the Monarch's use of the Triforce and the tragedy of Princess Zelda, uh, which sends the real-world timeline into a darker path. This game is co-op that allows three players to control three different colored and differently powered versions of Link. The players must collaborate to solve puzzles and clear dungeons in route of uh, confrontation with the villain known only as the Lady. I've never played this game. Any of you? Nope. No. Maybe that would be a fun game around the go episode where we got to do something co-op like that. Sure. Um, it's I don't local know. co-op though, isn't it? We'd have like to how, hang out. How can it, well, we'd have to be in the same room together, <laughs> I don't know. which not today. <laughs> we can't, can't do that at the moment. Um, yeah, just a date. I, I had extra time on my hands with COVID-19 to put together this absurd love letter to Zelda. Um, just a date where we're at here. Uh, so then we get to the legend of Zelda. Uh, which came out on the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1986. This is the first Zelda game that was ever 
produced. It's not the first story beat, but it is the first Zelda game. Uh, it happens near the end of the real world timeline. The tragedy of the Princess Zelda has occurred between games and it is set off to a dark era that is known as the Era of Decline. Ganon, the so-called Prince of Darkness, is resurrected once again and leads an army into Hyrule in search of three Triforce pieces. Princess Zelda splits the Triforce of Wisdom into eight fragments. Link begins his quest to rescue Zelda and assembles the Triforce, which he does before killing Ganon yet again. Why wouldn't uh, she split it into nine pieces? I, why would they and it, just not be a nice like I three know. pieces split into nine? That that would make so much sense. Did you ever play? The, have you guys played the original Zelda? Yeah, yeah. I, like I haven't been no, there, but I played because like I've tried a couple of times to play it, uh, play it like pure, and get my pen and paper and draw out a map myself, and you know that's fun for a while, and then you get right. to a point where it's like, okay, this is annoying, and I I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but I've, I've tried also using some guides and going through things, but it's, it's kind of hard. It's, it is not, hard. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that good at games to, to be able to be something like that. And I, you know, I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I, I would encourage all of you, if you are interested, the mechanical achievement that is that video game, uh, how they changed up quite a bit to make that game and what they did with it is really fascinating. There's all kinds of videos on YouTube you can find for it. Uh, the next one up here is Le- uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. This came out on the Nintendo. Also, sorry, that, that's a fun one to watch speedruns of. Um, yeah. Like, especially races, because there's multiple paths through that game, and people can do some different sequence breaking. So it's uh, it's interesting to watch people play that and take different routes as sure. they go around and, and do things. In fact, uh, even more fun is to have randomizers to watch people who play randomizers, which just means that you get different equipment in different dungeons. So you get you get the opportunity to like, oh, that's not supposed to be there. And now that opens up different paths for different people. And it's uh, those are a ton of fun to watch. So that's I would awesome. highly, highly suggest that. Lots of Very Zelda cool. games have randomizers. I know Link to the Past is another big randomizer one, but um, yeah. I think the original Legend of Zelda is, is really cool to watch that way. Nice. Uh, so this is going to be... Uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. This came out a year later on the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1987. The Adventure of Link is a... Very interesting It game. is. It's, it's interesting to me that... By interesting, you mean bad. I did not care for it, no. Uh, but it's all... And I'm not saying that this is the exact same thing, but the game mechanically, it's a lot like how Mario 2 was just very different from Mario. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you go... All the dungeons yep. are side-scrolling. Yep. And... Uh, it it just it was such a far departure from the first Legend of Zelda game, uh, and it was just it's really interesting that they took such a like a risk mm-hmm. to put out this very very different thing. Yep. Um, and I I I've played a little bit of this this one myself, uh, but I watched my friend uh, Richard in high school play through most of it, and yeah, it's it's, it's wild. very it's very pretty, different. Yeah. Bobby, I know you. I mean, I know you know this, but it's. I think it's really more of an American perspective that Zelda Two and Mario Two feel similar in how they how they're different. But there was a Mario Two in Japan that was exactly the same game right. with new stuff. So it's it's not quite the perfect comparison, but at least from what we saw in the states, totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like this is a complete departure from what we saw with the original Legend of Zelda. 
and I I haven't really read too far into why why that was whether I know they just had a different idea. I I think Miyamoto was still in charge of this one, right? He yeah. was. I, mean, I don't quote me. I I think that he like he he said he just wanted to do something different. Yeah than what they did in the first game or something. He, he, I read an interview or something. With and what's crazy about this too, guys, this it. is a year apart. Think about that from a dev yeah. cycle standpoint. And, and what I mean, was, they've, oh, they've done it. They did it a after. A lot smaller back then. They did that afterward yeah. with, uh, with a Legend of Zelda game. Yep. <laughs> Slightly different circumstances, but yeah. So uh, for the timeline details here, The Adventure of Link is a direct follow-up to the series' first game and takes place immediately after it in the real-world timeline. Link is now a teenager, and uh, he finally wins Princess Zelda's heart at the end of the game, presumably ending the timeline on a happy note. Link. Uh, so the plot of this is Link is called to prevent the resurrection of Ganon by a group of Zealots. So this is the same Link? Same Link, same, just a okay. bit older. Uh, and for once, he actually succeeds. He prevents Ganon's followers from completing their blood-soaked ritual and then manages to collect all three pieces of the Triforce, which allows him to awaken Princess Zelda from a magical enchantment. So this concludes our timeline here. Okay, this is going to be the end of timeline uh, A, where Link is defeated by Ganon. This is also so the shit, long shit got real. Shit got real bad, and then yep. still ended up with a happy ending. Got your happy ending. Now this is also the longest timeline by far. Uh, we've got seven games within this timeline. Uh, the other ones that we're going to go into have three in each. So a little bit shorter here in the back end, and we are we are coming around the corner here uh, as we wrap up this deep dive into Zelda. So we're going to move over to timeline B, which is the child timeline where Link prevents Ganondorf's acquisition of the Triforce. Uh, as shown in the final battle or in the final scenes of Ocarina of Time, Link is sent back in time to relive his lost youth after having defeated Ganondorf in the adult timeline. Link is sent to a period of time before Ganondorf entered the sacred realm and claimed the Triforce. Link alters events so that Ganondorf's claim of the Triforce never comes to pass. As a result, Ganondorf eventually attacks Hyrule, but is subdued after a failed execution. Ganondorf is sent to the Twilight Realm. Meanwhile, Link travels from Hyrule, and, and the events of Majora's Mask occur. Later, the events of Twilight Princess occur, followed by the events of Four Swords Adventures. So let's kick off uh, the first of the games here with Majora's Mask. This came out on Nintendo 64 in the year 2000. Oh, as we I guess, so two years after? I thought it was just one year. Two years. So okay. two years after that. Uh, Majora's Mask is the first in the child timeline that occurs when Link defeats Ganon in Ocarina of Time. After he is transported back in time seven years, Link and Zelda decide to never open the realm. This prevents all the events of Ocarina from ever occurring. It is revealed that Ganon, seven years later, tried to open the realm but fails and is sealed in Twilight Realm, thus triggering the timeline, etc., etc. Uh, it's a Groundhog Day-esque plot. Link must save the town of uh, Termia, which is... Um, it's a parallel town. It's not, you know, it's not the exact same thing here in Hyrule from fall, a falling moon that will crush them in a matter of days. Link needs to help uh, to keep going back in time and living those three days over and over again in order to solve the mystery and stop the moon and its deadly trajectory. How do you guys feel about Majora's Mask? Never played it. Okay. Played 10 minutes of it in a Toys R Us. I was a Deku scrub the entire time and I thought it was lame. I, but I think the Skull Kid rules. Skull Kid is is maybe the coolest looking thing they've made in Zelda ever. I yeah, yeah I never owned this game for whatever reason. Uh, despite being obsessed with Ocarina uh, when I was a kid, um, and I've been scared to go back and play it. 
because I hear such mixed things from people. I know that they did they remastered it for the 3DS. I've been tempted to pick it up there. Just borrow my copy um, that I have I, played. <laughs> so I played this game when it came out and I beat it. Um, I did follow Strategy Guide pretty heavily, I remember. I also remember being a bit lit down after the high that was Ocarina of Time. And one thing that I just don't care for. Because it's different. Like it's, it's very it's different. Not, it's not the same kind of game at all. It, it takes a, a lot of different mechanics, and I'm, I'm not going to kind of detail them because it sounds like that's where Bobby's going. But um, it, it tells a different kind of story, and sure. that, that's definitely a turnoff for some people. But it also is, is very subversive from what you expect. And I think yeah. a lot of people can appreciate that this is this one's really dark compared to compared to it other was scary. games. It was definitely a scary game. And I think that it's also like I just don't like timers in games. I don't like being yeah. timed to do things and that really fucks with me. And that's all this game is. Um, Even though there are ways to get around the timers, there's you know the song of double time and the song right. of half time i think and there's like a song that can get you back in time and so like there are ways to fix that and then the 3ds version i think makes some of that stuff even faster and easier than the original um but yeah i i'm with you i i never like having timers i like to explore and be at my own pace and especially for a game like zelda that is so predicated on exploration and and like not so much taking your time, but but really going through a space and and finding every nook and cranny for collectibles and things like that. It seems so antithetical to to what those games try to do. To yeah. then say, oh, by the way, like here's a, a very arbitrary timer about you know right. that's forcing you to do things at a, at a certain order. But but that also brings a, a different style to to the gameplay, and it and it makes. I think it's really smart for what the game is. Like the, we we talk about that that game being a really tight turnaround. They brought out another like Ocarina of Time was such a huge hit for the Nintendo sixty four and Nintendo said well, shit. You got you got to put out something else. Like we need right. to get more out of there. Like the the demand is just so high. Here's all these assets. Go make right. something. So they they made what they could out of the assets that they had, and. Right. And it's really smart. It's made this weird ass Zelda. Yeah, but it's a smart use of that. It's like here, not only are they reusing assets, they are able to reuse this entire place, the entire people. They don't have to make new locations because they can force you to go back to the same locations time and time and time again. Right. And it's a it's a really smart way to make a game on a budget like that. But at the same time. You know, it's it can it can lead to some fatigue and it can lead to some anxiety when you're playing something like that if if that's not the type of game that you enjoy, which right. it's absolutely not the type of game I enjoy. Absolutely. So um the next game that we have here, past Majora's Mask, is actually centuries later. A huge jump in time here for the child timeline. Uh so the events of Majora's Mask almost immediately thereafter Ocarina of Time. I think it's a bummer that there's no split here. I, I would want to see a split where the moon actually impacted Hyrule or Termina and, yeah. and that planet. And then what would be the Zelda game after that? Like sure. What, what did the moon create? Like maybe the moon itself is a mountain at this point and you'd have to. Hey, climb it, could, it could happen. They have the liberty to do it. Absolutely. But um, the next <laughs> game up here is Twilight Princess. This came out. What, sorry, what happens? What does happen to the mask at the end of that game? Does it just go away? Does it get destroyed? 
Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, it is destroyed. Because you end up fighting. Um, I, I was fierce deity at that point. Yeah, in time. like you you fight Skull Kid with the mask, and then I think you fight the mask itself afterward. Like it it rejects yes. Skull Kid yeah. at some point, and yeah. and then you just. Fight I think the it's mask. destroyed. I'm pretty sure. If you want to look that up, while I go in here for uh, Twilight Princess. I will do that. Um, so time, Twilight Princess is set in the distant future of the Zeldaverse and the child timeline. Several centuries after Ocarina of Time, in the interim, uh, Majora's Mask has concurred. In addition to the event, which is the demon thief Ganondorf was executed. Um, so in the, uh, they attempted to execute Ganondorf um, and know that in this timeline, he does have the Triforce of Power on him, but he has never touched it. So he's not as powerful as he was in the prior timeline that we spoke of. But he is powerful enough to survive an execution. And in doing so, he does kill one of the sages. And then he is sent into the Twilight Realm at this point in time. Um, Link gains the ability to transform into a wolf, which he must master to stop a shadow invasion from the Twilight Realm. With the help of the Mirror of Twilight and the Master Sword, Link and the titular Twilight Princess, uh, Midna, take on a resurrected Ganondorf. This game was fucking dark. It was yeah. It was very, very dark. I love it. I love Twilight Princess. I, do you guys want to hear a, uh, a funny... Just, I may have told this story to you guys before. Um, about the day that I got my Wii. No. And all I, all I wanted to do was go home and play Twilight Princess. Um, so, sorry to sidebar okay. here. But, uh, so it's the day the Wii came mm-hmm. out, right? Uh, I go home, I get it all set up, I had pre-ordered it, I was so excited, because um, it's a new Nintendo system, it's new Zelda, it's it's everything I want from a new console, and I'm, I'm dating this girl at the time, and I, rather than saying, hey, I would really like to stay home tonight and just play Zelda all night long, I went to the theater with her, and I saw a Hilary Duff oh, movie, no. <laughs> and afterwards... This is the wrong timeline. Again, it is the it's the dark yeah. timeline. Um, we went to IHOP because mm. so, I I, could, I was like I just want to go home. I want to fucking play Zelda. Anyway, so we're at, we're at IHOP eating my food, and I start getting these pictures on my phone. And this is like flip phone days, so it's these really crappy low res images of my sister and my best friend Richard. And my friend Jonathan and all these people playing my Wii mm. before I had even the chance to. I had hooked it up and that's How all I did. How pissed off I were you? Left. I came home. I made Dania, my girlfriend at the time, leave IHOP. I drove home. I was so flustered that the only thing I could I could think to say was Dick Weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked all my friends oh out of my, my house. Oh, my God. Wow. And then uh, my best friend, uh, Richard, my high school friend Richard's dad at the time, we they, they told him the story. And he told me, he's like, sounds like you were thinking with your we and not your we. And <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> good. That's good. Line. That's good. That's good line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your priorities sound incorrect at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> So with Twilight Princess, I find this to be, this is some of my favorite art 
in any Zelda game. I love the style of this. I love the look of Link. It's really cool. Uh, it kind of has this. And, th- and this was a big deal for mm-hmm. people who were coming off the last one, which was Wind Waker, which we oh, like. We we are all fans people. of Wind Waker let's, here. Yeah. Let's be up but front. fuck it you. is you. You got your dark gray Zelda. <laughs> Wind Waker's a far better game than Twilight I would Princess, I would agree with opinion. that, and I've barely played either of them. But uh, I think I think this was definitely the Nintendo response to all these assholes didn't really like the cool art that we made. Right. So let's let's give them what, let's they, give want. Them what they want. Let's make the the super dark the super dark Zelda, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll great. give them we'll give them what they asked for. So there you go. Uh, I I played a little bit of this game on the Wii. Um, and I got up to the part that I wanted to see, which was the the Bridge of Elden fight, Link Link on Epona, and, or uh, is it Epona at that point? It's a horse. Link's on yeah. that horse. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure, whatever. Uh, and then you have the <laughs> the orc dude on his warthog thing, and that fight is is so epic and fun. It's great. And and then. Uh, they said, "Hey, do you want to keep playing more Zelda?" And I went, "No, nah, I'm fine. That's that's all I want to see. <laughs> I'll just so, keep playing Smash Brothers and playing the the Bridge of Elden there. That because that's the part I care about. <laughs> I, I think love- the coolest part about this game, though, is because it was a Wii launch game. It also kind of uh, was a transitional period, so it came out on the GameCube as well. Yeah, and the GameCube version." puts the the master sword in link's left hand like it is traditionally link is traditionally left-handed but for the wii since most people are right-handed uh and you'd be slashing the sword with your with your right hand they made link right-handed which meant that they actually just completely mirrored the world in these in these games so if you go back and play twilight princess on the gamecube version not only is just the different hand, but the entire game is mirrored. Wow, that's and it's awesome! Insane, it's insane. That's awesome. I'm not sure because because this game did get an HD re-release on Wii U. It did. Uh, I don't know if they had both versions. I'm not I don't. Sure I, I had it, and I don't recall. Um, honestly, when they when those came out, uh, I did play the better of the two. I played more sure. Wind Waker than as than you that. should. Uh, also, uh, the the mask once once Majora's mask is defeated, the evil leaves the mask and it just becomes a normal mask. The happy huh. mask salesman picks it back up and takes it away. So maybe he was lying. Who knows? Um, after Twilight Princess, happy. he is too anyone. happy. You can't trust anyone that happy. We go into the Four Swords Adventures, and this came out on the Nintendo GameCube in two thousand and four. Uh, I, for the longest time, I did not know that Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures were two separate games. Same. Had no idea. And also that they take place in two different timelines. Yeah. So Four Swords Adventures isn't set anywhere near the original Four Swords in the timeline. It's actually set a century after Twilight Princess, making so it the final. Stupid. It's the final game in the child timeline, also known as the Legacy of the Hero. The game features Link split into four once again taking on a who's who of Zelda villains, including Shadow Link, Ganondorf, and even Vati, one of the series' earliest villains. The Links end up sealing Ganon with the Four Sword itself, bringing peace to Hyrule for the foreseeable future. So again, pretty happy ending to the timeline here. Um, And this leads us to the final timeline here. We're going to have timeline C, uh, and this is where we see Link defeats Ganon. Um, So in this timeline, uh, I think most people would say this is like the proper timeline. This is this is the one that is like most well accepted, I suppose. Yeah. So this one um, essentially is like 
things go back to the way this is another split here. So it's still, it's still going to be a continuation, so to speak. So it, it leads right into the events of Wind Waker. So the, the hero just disappears. This is where Zelda puts back the master sword, etc., and the child timeline splits again. Let me double check my work here. Um, yes. So you have a triumphant hero for this, this particular, I'm sorry. This is where Gandorf is sealed away. And then, um, when he does eventually gain power again to return to the land, everybody expects the hero to show up and the hero is, is nowhere to be found. Uh, in doing so, uh, the adult timeline also known as the new world occurs after Ocarina of time. When link defeats Ganondorf, it's sent back to his original timeline and accidentally reopens the sacred realm. Thus, Unwillingly allowing Ganondorf access. This results in a series of events where Ganondorf is sealed in the sacred realm, not the twilight realm. This leads to a period of peace where the, where no link figure exists. Thus the Ganondorf returns. There is no hero to fight him and he freely seals Hyrule away, causing the world to flood over and setting the scene for the wind waker. Um, so they allude to this at the beginning of that game, how they called and prayed and begged for the hero to come. And it's actually kind of dark, uh, looking back on it where, um, from a religious standpoint, you have all these people who are asking for a miracle to be saved again and nothing happens. And then there's just this great flood that comes and takes away. It's very yep, that's dark. That's how the world works. Correct. Um, Does anyone turn to salt? Maybe. Uh, in a world reminiscent of Waterworld, Link and pirate Captain Tetra must journey. Does he drink his own piss? He does. <laughs> by boat from island to island, eventually discovering the submerged kingdom of Hyrule in a plot by Ganon to conquer it. Link and Tetra use the Master Sword and the classic Triforce to defeat the Timeless Foe, although Hyrule ends up going underwater again at the end. What I can tell you is this. That is the most fucking brutal end battle in any Zelda game, without doubt. And I don't mean brutal in the complication of doing it. I mean that you jump in the air and fucking plow that sword in between Ganon's eyes. You, you stab that motherfucker. It's, it is yep. so cool. Dome. I remember audibly cheering when that happened because it was such a cool moment. This game got shit on for, for terrible reasons. It has the most character and charm and heart out of any Zelda game I've played. The emotions that they portray on the faces, the art style that they did, the music and being in the boat, I thought was incredible. And the moment that you go underwater and you go back to the surface of Hyrule and you see all the things that you did, and everything's frozen in time. For me, there was just an immediate connection of this was the game that I loved. This was Ocarina of Time. I'm seeing the events that I did, and I had a very personal connection, and I think this is why Wind Waker is such a special game to me, is that it creates this callback to what you did and the importance of what you did, and that's what like helped me solidify the importance of Ocarina of Time at that point in time. If you are going to play this game, I would suggest you play the Wii U version, the remake, right. uh, the, the remaster, mm -hmm. because they did go back and, and change so a couple pretty. things. They made it, well, one, they made it look a lot better, um, but they actually made some of the sailing easier. Uh, I know there's like a second half of that game where you have to go on a, a hunt for the, the truck yeah. horse, and it's a really arduous uh, task a bit of a in slog. the GameCube version. And it's a little faster here. And I think they also give you like some different songs or something to like make the wind move a little faster. Like you're, you're able to navigate better than in. The they also did a really cool, um, you could leave messages in bottles, which I thought was really cool. Sure. And you throw those out and people could pick them up more of like a little social thing. 
so I, I've played a little bit of Wind Waker, but but obviously not very much since I don't know a ton about it. Um, what's two questions here? Uh, what's up with Tetra? Because I know she's actually Zelda, but I don't mm-hmm. know how that comes about or whether she knew it the entire time or what. What's up with that? She doesn't know it. She doesn't yeah. know. She yeah. so at the point in time in the game, um, any any girl with pointed ears was being taken prisoner in hopes to find the the goddess. Okay. Um, the, the again the Triforce reestablishes that connection that you are a descendant of the goddess Hylia, and and that's how that, that comes to, to be for Tetra. Um, as we continue on in the story and we get into Phantom Hourglass next, you'll find out that. Uh, even on the spirit tracks that they actually do some exact lineage of Tetra to her great, great grandchildren that become. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Second question. Uh, King of red lions. I know he's actually a dude, right? Yeah. He was turned Um, into a boat. Yes. So um, he is the, uh, what is his name? Shit. His actual name is slipping to me, but he is, the, the king of Hyrule, essentially, in spirit form that goes on into this boat. Um, give me a second. I'll get his name pulled up here. Sure. So you're just riding on Zelda's dad the whole game? Pretty much. Sweet. Instead of riding on her. Um, yep. Good. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, <laughs> almost there, guys. Hang tight. You're good. This game's interesting in that it's it's one of the first that, that lets you use multiple weapons. Like uh, other games have let you use like boomerangs and stuff like that, but this one you can actually pick up enemy weapons and and use them, right? There's no yes. and yep. there's and there's also no uh like it's not like Breath of the Wild where they'll where they'll break eventually, right? Like you can right. pretty much use them as long you as just you have them. As long as you can yep. hold on to them. Uh it's King Daphnis. Daphne's or Daphne's. Cool. Um, right. And that's who we came down to. It. Yeah. Um, he, uh, so I saw him in Scooby Doo. Yep. Uh, Phantom Hourglass is the next one up that came out on the DS in 2007. Uh, Phantom Hourglass is a sequel, direct sequel to Wind Waker in the adult timeline and takes place immediately afterwards, making it the most direct sequel in the Zelda franchise. Hyrule is still submerged underwater and sealed away, and Ganon is stuck down there too. Link and Tetra are back to travel the open seas in search of the ghost ship. Phantom Hourglasses, and the Phantom Sword, which Link must forge from three pure metals found on various islands. Link uses the sword to defeat the game's antagonist, Bellum, but in the ending of the game suggests that its events might have just been a dream as well. Uh, we move on from this game to the Spirits track. Is that game good? I know I know people have talked about like it's, it's kind of just this one tower that you go up and you're constantly having to go up to a certain point, then you have to leave it again and backtrack and keep, which one? keep going back and forth. Phantom Hourglass. I never played it. Okay. Um, I, I hear I, I hear I good I things, it, but I've I've haven't played it either. I never played it either. Um, so like Zelda uh, is like actually your companion in it, though. Like she she she's can, a ghost. Yeah, yeah. So like she can take the form of of suits of armor and then move yep. around independently. And that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then her uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, for or the the newest Super Smash Brothers she retains that like that's her down down attack like because once they once they took away the ability for her to turn into Sheik uh, oh, yeah. split those characters out like Sheik is its own her own character now 
they <laughs> the the move they replaced it with is the the phantom armor that that she now throws out which is kind of cool nice mm-hmm. uh so the final game in this timeline that we're discussing is going to be spirit tracks which came out on the ds in 2009 uh, this is the final game in the adult timeline and takes place about a century after Phantom Hourglass on a newly discovered continent upon which a brand new kingdom of Hyrule has been established. The continent is understood to be over the sea area in which Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass took place. Tetra, Link's ally, is the founder of the new kingdom of Hyrule. Um, in the game, it's a steam train theme game. Link and Zelda, at this, this is the one I was alluding to earlier, is the descendant of Tetra in this one. Uh, travel the rails around the new Hyrule trying to prevent the return of a new demon king, Maladus. This eventually involves a demon train in a dark realm and Link and Zelda must team up to take down Maladus. The game concludes with multiple possible endings. Um, I did not play this game, but it people is... People like this one. People like yeah. this one because it fixed a lot of things that, that people had issues with with Phantom Hourglass, like the backtracking stuff. Like this, this game doesn't do any of that and I think people found it to be a lot better overall. But so either. that brings in one point here, guys, that I, as we wrap up our, our episode tonight. No, I think that's it. Uh, we they, ha- they haven't made any other Zelda games. It's weird. I, you'd think they would, like especially you, with the yeah. Switch being so popular, but it's a very they popular just remade franchise. Link's Awakening and decided to call it quits. Psych, motherfuckers. There is another one. The Paradox of the Breath of the Wild. So this game came out. It was the launch title on Nintendo Switch 2017. Um, here's some things. Thus far, we have no information from Nintendo on where it takes place. They're very coy about it. Um, there is a lot of speculation. It's almost like none of this. Yeah, matters. it's almost like it's all bullshit. And Nintendo's just tired of talking about it. Now, there has been in some interviews some strong uh, allusion to this being the final game in in the timeline. This is. This is it. They also have where you could see evidence of multiple timelines converging here for Breath of the Wild. And there's even things in game where they allude to events that happen in certain timelines. But then there's other pieces that are present in this timeline that doesn't match up. So thus far, fans only know that the game definitely comes out after Ocarina of Time, as confirmed in a Game Informer interview with the creator and producer of the Zelda series. That means it can be a part of any of the three split timelines. What's even more puzzling is that there's evidence in Breath of the Wild that supports and contradicts its place in all three timelines. Fans can only guess which timeline Breath of the Wild belongs to until more information is released by Nintendo. Um, what we do know is this, is that the game... Which timeline makes less sense, this or Metal Gear? <laughs> um, the, uh, so... Okay. I Metal Gear has too much connective tissue. This has no connective tissue. I personally feel that this is the concluding game. And I think that you, I now we have breath of the wild two coming out, which very well could be. I don't, (laughs) this is it guys. It's over except for the game that's coming out after it. (laughs) I have a theory that in the trailer that we saw for breath of the wild two, that Ganondorf is next. You had calamity Ganon. I think that Ganondorf is going to return as he always does, but who knows, who knows what other things are going to happen into it. Um, I hope that this kind of places things a little bit better than maybe they did before tonight. Hopefully I didn't screw you up any worse than you already were when it comes to care or knowledge of this. Um, Zelda. Everything is 
perfectly cromulent. Zelda is a very important game to me. As you, if you've listened to their show at all, you know, you two being some of my best friends know that this is a game that means the world to me. Uh, this was a ton of fun for me to put together. Uh, this was a labor of love and taking a lot of different resources. And of course, reading through the high school, Historia, which I was really, really enjoying going through and thumbing through and finding out some minor details here. Uh, I scratched the surface on surface on a lot of these games. Uh, I did take on some external resources from YouTube videos to other websites like fandom to figure things out and put places here. Um, I would love for anybody who's listening to this show to throw out any thoughts, ideas, you know, proposed ideas that you may have on Zelda or where things are. Uh, These deep dives are a ton of fun. And this is by far the most involved I've been in one. Um, I figured since we couldn't be together and Chase has kind of mastered show and tell, I would at least latch on to something that's very near and dear and important to me and try and teach out a little bit about it tonight. Good job, Thanks. Bobby. Um, so that concludes it. This is it. The deep dive is over. Um, Great. Almost 5,000 words later, we wrap up our show and I'm here to tell you all, thank you so much for listening. Um, and we will be Ranking back. Ranking of Zelda, top three, which personal top yeah. three, what do you got? Um, Johnny. Ocarina, Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker. I'm the exact same. Hmm. I think I'm... I think I'm a link between worlds, Link's Awakening, and... doesn't really matter, but I would probably say Seasons after that. Okay. All fine choices. Um, yeah, so that's that wraps it up, Bobby. That wraps it up. Um, okay. Um, I do have uh, a transmission coming through. Uh, breaker, breaker, uh, come in, uh, Ice Cowboy. I, I got to read on you, Snow Dog. This is Ice Cowboy. I got a wiggle wagon heading uh, gateway, but Papa Bear's going to give me the runaround. Good uh, good numbers to you. Yeah, I just saw a bear with a customer and the disc goes on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 10, 10 4. <laughs> How dare you stand? Yeah, uh, I I've been I've been playing playing some of that SnowRunner. It's too bad. That, that that game that game has a terrible camera, is an awful slog, it controls like absolute shit and is ridiculous at every single point and I love it with all my heart. Well, we'll talk about it next week when we get into uh, what you've been playing. Here on the casual hour, if I'm sorry, we we were gonna do it before the episode even started, but (laughs) oh, it's fine. Um, if you all have any thoughts on Zelda or one that stands out to you or your top three, as we just went over, please let us know. Uh, if there's anything I messed up in the timeline, which I'm sure I did, I want to hear about it. Send us your your course corrections. Uh, if you have a theory on where Breath of the Wild takes place, let us know. The easiest way to do that casualhour at gmail.com or at the casual hour on Twitter. We are hosted and powered by Anchor. You can leave us a voice memo there and tell us your entire story. Uh, we'd love to put it on our next show. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the very tippy top of the episode, Chase is a gamer on the go. He runs an amazing podcast called Gamers on the Go. Uh, Chase, any updates, news, shares there? No. Fair. Johnny, <laughs> uh, I mentioned that you used to play video games, but now you're just a dad. What are you doing with your son? Yeah. Uh, trying not to pull my hair out. Fair enough. I understand. Still still playing Uh, anymore. Good job. It's going great. Uh, We haven't for a little bit, no. Okay. 
um, just listening to Roblox stories for 30 minutes Ooh. at a time. Yikes. Yeah, that's rough. Yep. Um, and then just to date this particular episode a bit more, we recorded this on May 13th, 2020. Uh, we are still in the midst of quarantining during the global pandemic of coronavirus. Uh, a lot of us here are still healthy and well. Uh, we're working remotely, so hopefully we get back out there and able to see each other soon. But uh, for those of you who are listening, please be safe, take care of yourselves, and adhere to whatever guidelines you are being given by your state and country or uh, planet, if you're on one of those weird planets listening in that has coronavirus too. Um, we will be back next week to tell you about the games we've been playing that involve driving trucks in snow. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm your host, Bobby P, signing off tonight with my two friends, Chase and Johnny. We'll be back next week. Take care. Bye.